Anyone who lives in Taiwan knows that the island is chock full of stories worth telling. But these stories are often overlooked by international media, meaning quite often the only people who know what's going on in Taiwan are people in Taiwan. But the internet is lowering these barriers, and today on the show we'll be talking to a U.S.-based online media group that's working to bring English language coverage of Taiwan to listeners around the world. Ketagalan Media has, for a little more than a year, produced articles, news updates, and audio interviews that delve into the news behind the news, giving the context viewers need to get a grip on the newest political and cultural trends on the island. I spoke recently to the group's co-founder Chai Ting Ye, along with its public relations director Christy Irupan. I started our conversation by asking what they feel like is missing from the coverage of Taiwan. If you do a simple search of The word Taiwan in and news, right? So I think there's sort of two things that, two big groups of you know stories that pop up. The first kind of story is your very sort of wonky geopolitical international relations kind of stories about Taiwan and these you know Taiwan Straits crisis, missiles pointing at Taiwan. So you have those kind of stories. And then the second kind of story is well, you know, you go to Taiwan and you know what are the ten top things to eat in a night market or Oh, you have bubble tea, right?、Uh, so I I feel like there's、um, between those sort of two extremes, there's a lot more about Taiwan that can be covered.、Um, there's a lot of、um, art, there's a lot of culture,、um, a lot of history, even、um, business activities and the startup scene. Those things I feel like are are all very、um, interesting and you know should also be interesting to a lot of people. And. So you know, both of you、uh, grew up in Taiwan,、um, but now you're based in the U.S.、Uh, do you think that that changes the kind of perspective that you bring to this? And、uh, do you think that that maybe allows you to, you know, ask some of these questions that might be more difficult if you were closer to this or if you were in the mix of Taiwan media? What, what does that change for you? The actually, we see it as an advantage,、um, being from Taiwan and being living in the U.S. or even、um, being in the U- being from the U.S. and living in Taiwan.、Um, for our team, we're always actually looking for people who have at least、uh, more sort of more than one cultural experience, more, sort of exposure to more than one cultural perspective. And I think what that allows us to do is to be able to say, we know Taiwan better than anybody else. In America, for example, and we know America better than anybody else in Taiwan. So that gives us the unique position to actually connect these two cultures, to be able to sort of translate between these two cultures, and to say, "Hey, this stuff is happening in Taiwan, right? It's important." But then I know how to explain its importance to somebody who doesn't necessarily live there, right?、Mm-hmm. And and vice right. versa.、Mm-hmm. Right. Being this.、Um Being immersed into different cultures,、uh, like Ting said, we actually have more advantage of that. Being in this position actually allows us being objective to look at the event itself, the issue itself. So not just adding a lot of personal emotion, and also、uh, the way we present the news will be more objective, and not just、um, having、uh, presented a way to provoke the emotions of the audi- audience. So there are a lot of international media groups that. You know, they they're they're not necessarily giving Taiwan、uh, the focus that it deserves, but they are there. I mean, if you think back to the、uh, the occupation of the legislative yuan, you know, BBC was covering it, AP had people that were you know in the legislature, people were there. 
Um, so what do you think that uh, you're able to provide uh, with the perspective that you have and, and, and the projects that you're working on? What do you think that you're able to provide that uh, those other uh, media stations aren't you know, quite getting right, in your opinion? Um, so first of all, um, when the BBC was covering the issue, um, they called us actually to help them find contacts on the ground in, in Taipei to talk to. So I, the difference that we sort of bring is, I mean, we have a lot of networks. We, we know a lot of people, um, you know, both students that were inside the parliament at the time and also, you know, people that were outside the parliament and, you know, also sort of social commentators that were watching and may or actually may not be sympathetic to the movement. I will say we, you know, we know Taiwan, we know the people there and we understand the culture there much better than anybody at BBC, uh, you know, with the exception of their senior or their longtime correspondents in Asia. Right. So um, that's something that we can provide for them. And sort of on the flip side, I think people in Taiwan definitely see internal affairs, sort of uh, current affairs in Taiwan as very important and they should, but it's hard for them to explain why that should be important in a global context, right? So, you know, I asked them, well, why is it important? And the reasons why they would say it's important, it's all domestic, right? And, you know, I would try to, when we try to do it, we try to explain to people, hey, it's important because, let me just give an example. So we're actually working on a story right now uh, on Amnesty International's annual report for human rights. And um, I know, like, certain... um, outlets in Taiwan have covered this, and the way that's covered is, oh, the report says this, this, and that about Taiwan. Done. Right? The way we do it is we say, the report says this globally, and it says this about Asia Pacific, and it specifically says um, there's a rise in civil disobedience, there's a rise in activism within Asia. And so we put in that context, hey, you know, if you care about civil, if you care about human rights globally with Asia, this is what happens in Taiwan. And we also put in, this is what happened in Taiwan 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Uh, and we compare Taiwan to a close um, counterexample, which is uh, Korea. So we sort of look at what's the same and what's different between Taiwan and Korea. So that's how we would do our news. So you're saying it's about giving more context, giving the historical context, giving the international context. Exactly. And using and doing that to explain to people, well, you know, why whatever happened in Taiwan is related to whatever is happening elsewhere. Uh, Christy, anything you wanted to add to that? I feel like uh, most events, I mean, people in Taiwan can see is more about who is on the stage. What's important is what all, all the important people reach people. But what we do is more caring about what who is in audience. I mean, to me, I look this way. Like, who is in audience actually is around you. So what we do is our work, um, we, we can help individuals to be more in tune with their environment and connected to it. So it's not just one political incident. It's actually around you. It matters to you. And by doing that, we, we, we hope and we can see that we're helping people are, you know, transforming themselves in their communities because they're more in tune in what's happening, what's going on. So it's not just on stage anymore. Actually, it's you. You are in the audience and you're, you matters. So that's one thing we're, we're trying to do. 
A lot of what you're doing, though, is uh, presenting, you know, presenting these stories to a foreign audience. Do you, do you feel like uh, you're able to, because you're based outside of Taiwan, do you, do you feel like you're able to uh, present this in a way that maybe local Taiwanese media wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't occur to them that uh, other people would be interested in these type of stories? Uh, sure. So um, just to give another example, during the Sunflower Movement, um, we uh, we started live we started live blogging the the events and then um, sort of towards I think it was about a week in um, the you know obviously the the media attention was uh, was sort of the the main focus of the protest was on the cross trade services trade agreement and um, to to us it was weird at the time um, not many people were actually talking about um, you know the services trade agreement and also the proposed legislation that the protest uh, leaders um, put out, which is like, the, you know, there was a, uh, I think it was a cross-straits oversight um, bill, right? And so I, we were the first ones, I would say, to actually try to find people that were involved in drafting this bill and asking them, well, how is this bill going to help Taiwan? What is their position? And, you know, we challenged them on well, you know, how does this maybe this lowers the competitiveness of Taiwan's uh, economic, you know, negotiations, or would this hinder Taiwan's um, trade liberalization? You know, how would that affect Taiwan's economy? So we were able to ask these questions, and you know, to your question, there was these are the kind of things that you would see in uh, media coverage outside of in outside of Taiwan, right? So, for example. Um, that's something maybe the economists might ask about or BBC might ask about for um, issues in Britain or issues in the United States or in Europe, right? And so, you know, to being sort of used to and used to that kind of a style, it's very natural for us to think of questions like that to ask. Whereas in Taiwan, if I feel like if you're immersed in a, an environment where um, the the headline news is often well, who said what and who you know insulted whom, right? That's these kind of questions might not come as naturally for reporters to ask, um, or these questions might not get sort of um, put in on the front page. So I feel like that's sort of our advantage to be able to say, hey, we're coming from this not just from a perspective looking at the con- like looking at the issue of, as from the perspective of outside of Taiwan but coming from like a, a style right this is the sort of the style of coverage that you see outside of Taiwan so we want to bring a little bit of that back to Taiwan as well uh, Christy, do you have anything to add to that um, I would say that we what we're doing is not just a cir- not just circulating information we actually go in in depth about the events or issue itself and we are there to ask right questions and good questions in order to bring out more content. And that's the advantage of our news. Here at ICRT, you know, we are working as well to try to bring English language coverage of Taiwan. And you know, a lot of the struggles that we have, I'm, I'm sure that you have it well, as well. It's not necessarily easy to bring English language coverage to a country that where English is not the predominant language. Uh, so, you know, this is a challenging thing. You got to find the right people to talk to. You got to uh, translate things sometimes. There's a lot of work involved. Why do you think it's a, an important thing to do? Why, why, why do you think it's worth it uh, to put all this work to bring good coverage uh, to the English-speaking world about Taiwan? Well, let me say this. So I think, I believe that more attention should be paid to Taiwan by the world as a whole, right? So um, obviously Asia, Southeast Asia, East Asia contains 
um, a good chunk of the world's population. It contains a good chunk of the world's economic activity, um, and is also home to many, you know, possible military flashpoints, right? And so I think Taiwan, being you know sort of situated in the middle of all this, um, you know, you would think obviously it should have more importance in people's minds.、Uh, people should know more about it. That, to me, is a good enough reason to try to provide、uh, more English content to people who want it. Now, I I feel like the the difficulty is, you know, there's not. You know, and people people say this. You know, to me, I'm sure you guys hear this too. Which is, well, you know, there's just not that many people interested in Taiwan who you know like speak English. I mean, there's just not the market is so small, right? And you know, and I would say, well, I I don't disagree that currently there are not that many people who are interested in news in Taiwan who are outside of Taiwan.、Um, but I do believe that. With the right kind of coverage, with the right、um, perspective, and with the right sort of way to explain to people, hey, it's actually more important than you than than you might think, right? And I think that market should grow, right? I feel like there should there should be more people that、um, should pay attention to Taiwan, and so that's sort of one thing that we're trying to do. Now,、um, a lot of what you're What you've been talking about is、uh, why it's important for foreigners, you know, people in other countries, to understand Taiwan.、Uh, and I, I understand what you were just saying, but、uh, are, are there any other ways in which、uh, having more people around the world engage with Taiwan, think about Taiwan, does that have any direct consequences for Taiwan itself? Like, does you know more people in the U.S. understanding? Taiwanese democracy in some way impact the way that that democracy is developing. What, what what are your thoughts on that relationship? I think sort of the most、uh, direct way is if there's more people in the U.S. For example, if there are more people in the U.S. that that cares about Taiwan, that you know follows what's going on in Taiwan, like what the current affairs in Taiwan.、Um, so the most direct way I could see is you know they can affect policy. U.S. policy towards Taiwan, towards East,、uh, East Asia. So that's sort of one direct、um, way that's that you know that could be influenced. But I feel like people in Taiwan, you know, when I I get the sense that you know a lot of times people are frustrated that oh no one in the world cares about us, right? And that sort of stems from this、uh, sort of official diplomatic isolation, so to speak. But I feel like if you know if people in Taiwan, as I said, understand that. If they get the sense that hey, we are like people in the world want to know more about us, I feel like it gives them a sense of confidence. It gives them a sense of you know whatever they do matters, and、um, and I feel like hopefully that will lead to sort of more a deeper and a more nuanced. Uh, public debate over what happens in Taiwan. So, so having this、uh, international attention will kind of frame the issues in a different way. That's right, because they know、um, whatever they do,、um, other people are watching. You know, whether it's something good, something bad.、Uh, you know, if if I know that, hey, if I come out with a new energy policy,、um, you know, other countries in Southeast Asia might pick it up. I would probably put in a little bit more thought to it than you know, if no, nothing I do, you know, no one cares, right?、Uh, so if somebody were to go. To、uh, your website on Ketagala Media, they wouldn't just see stories about Taiwan. I mean, there's also stories from all all over the world,、uh, from Africa, from from Europe, and so you you know you're not just covering Asia in Taiwan.、Uh, why 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 is that? Why 
what, what is the focus? I mean, if it's not Taiwan, what is the focus? Or, you know, if it is Taiwan, uh, how do you bring in those other stories? What's the relationship there? Basically, what we want to do is we want to look at news um, around the world as uh, not just in terms of, oh, there's Taiwan news, there's Japan news, there's Korea news, there's Africa, you know, there's Kenyan news or uh, South African news. So, so we want to actually look at all the news that's happening in the world as um, in terms of ideas and trends, right? So there's a trend about wealth inequality. So what's happening with wealth inequality in Taiwan and how does that relate to wealth inequality in Singapore or how does that relate to wealth inequality in uh, Greece, for example? Um, We did a story about land grabs in Africa. So governments taking land away from private landowners in um, using eminent domain and then de- transferring them to private developers with ties to China. And so there's a reason why we cover that story because obviously it's very similar to some of the stuff that's been happening in Taiwan the last two years. So we wanted to show that connection both to people who care about this issue and say, hey, there's something similar going on in Taiwan and to the people in Taiwan and say, hey, there's something similar. It's This is not your own problem, right? This is not a problem that's unique to Taiwan. This is a problem that's happening in a lot of places in the world. So have that in mind and understand that this is not, these problems have more of a global impact, global implication. So that's uh, that's why we cover stories from other uh, places outside of Taiwan. Um, Now that said, we still want to be focused on Taiwan. Um, So definitely the vast majority of our stories will still be in Taiwan. But then when we report them, we would definitely give a more um, international and historical context. Uh, Christy? Mm. Yeah, uh, we, we liked uh, the content we're providing be more well-rounded. And we hope our media channel can be um, a tour we can teach our audience through our valid and re- reliable information to kind of, you know, like engage the audience to be immersed into those information and then we can guide them and also maybe we can teach them to be more independent and critical thinker and to make their own decision and to be responsible for that who actually, what happening around them. So that's also one thing that we, we hope we can do that. Right, and that's actually a, a complaint that I hear uh, kind of frequently is that the media in Taiwan and uh, even the even the audience, even the the users of media don't necessarily uh, think too far beyond the borders of Taiwan and it, there's a, a heavy focus on local news and not a lot of thought about how local news connects to broader stories. So uh, I, I, that is that in a way, is that something that you're trying to correct? Definitely, yeah, and um, yes, and I feel like for the for the audience, um, I definitely believe that there are audience out there in Taiwan who do want to see something like this being done. Um, I do believe that there are audience in Taiwan who um, don't appreciate being thought of as dumb, right? Uh, I definitely think there's audience in Taiwan that appreciates being treated as if they're smart, right, and understand what's going on. So, mm-hmm. um, and that's sort of where we want to come in. So looking forward, I mean, obviously, uh, you're still in the pretty early stages of putting this uh, this whole thing together, just about a year and a half in. Uh, what would you like to see uh, your organization grow into? What, what, what kind of uh, change are you hoping to see in the organization? And what kind of impact are you hoping, you know, down the road, uh, it's going to have on the overall media coverage of Taiwan? I Ideally, so if 10 years, um, sort of in my ideal 
you know, almost daydream world in 10 years. Um, what I would love to see is Katakala Media um, become something like an Al Jazeera before East Asia um, and for Taiwan specifically. So something that's um, an internationally respected media uh, organization that reports not just on time, but all over the world, right? But then people understand, you know, that's just a perspective that's coming from thinking about why things in Asia matter, right? And so um, I would love to see Katakala Media do that. I would um, sort of relate it. I would also love to see Katakala Media become sort of the the representative media brand for Taiwan, right? So every country sort of when they project their soft power, right? Or, you know, culturally there's a respect the media brand, right? And so I want people to say, oh, Taiwan, oh, yes, of course, Katakala Media. Um, oh, yes, Taiwan. Oh, yes, I read KM um, magazines or I watch their videos or I watch their TV shows or I watch their news coverage or listen to their podcasts. And I want people to, I guess it's like this. When you when you read The Economist or you read GQ, it presents a, um, this is what a you know well-dressed man or a well-dignified man could be, right? And I want people to look at our site, to look at our products, to look at listen to our uh, audio or watch our videos, um, read our articles to to get a sense, hey, this is, um, you know, Taiwan is a really awesome place. It could, you know, this is what Taiwan could be. And so um, that's what I would like to see. Uh, in terms of uh, reporting more in-depth um, events or cultural or political things about Taiwan, um, we also hope that we can um, have more people in Taiwan to join us because we want, um, it can be like tell the story of Taiwan through Taiwanese people themselves. So um, we are not just reporting uh, what's on the news important um, right now, but also looking for the, so uh, it can be potential, anything that we think it's uh, well related to the future of Taiwan, we would love to have more research on that and report. Um, so that's also what we're going to work on more. Yeah. And uh, if I may just add, obviously, we would love to see our audience grow. Uh, Love to Mm -hmm. see more people like our uh, Facebook fan page at facebook.com slash Katakala Media. So if you're you're listening and you haven't liked our page yet, please go check it out and like our page. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, uh, that's the homework for all of our listeners right now. We've been speaking to the co-founder of Ketagalan Media, Chai Tingye, along with its public relations director, Christy Irupan. Uh, thank you both so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having us. As always, we'd love to hear what you thought of today's program. You can leave us a comment on our Facebook page or rate and review Taiwan Talk on iTunes. For ICRT, I'm Keith Manconi.